0: I will start this episode with a disclaimer. The following audio and the series content that is coming for the next few weeks can be harmful and not appropriate for all audiences. It may also contains content that some can find triggering and disturbing. So adults' and parents' discretion is advised. And before continuing, make sure an appropriate audience listens to that episode as I will talk about children's sexual abuse. So I thank you to make sure the appropriate ease listen to this message. Hi, Mary <laughs> I'm so happy to see you today. Mm-hmm.
1: Great to be here. Great to be here with you.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for accepting this invitation. So today we're going to talk about this big subject that is very important to me. And I chose you because you are for me the specialist of trauma, I would say. And you mentioned to me that I really have to explain that you work mostly with adults, not with mm-hmm. children.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: in my experience, this is where the problem is, like people having trauma amnesia for years, and when one day, 40 years old, boom, something just falling onto them and they just have to deal with it. Remembrance, memories. So before that, I just wanna give a little bio about you. Okay. So you are a licensed clinical social worker. And you are a specialist also in comprehensive energy psychology. And I want you to explain all the aspects of this because we don't talk too much about energy in this realm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this trauma. What is your experience with the sexual abuse, uh, children who were sexually abused? And uh, how do you support them? What is the healing way that you
1: offer? Sure. I'd love to. So I got into this field in uh, back in the early 90s. So a long time, long time ago. And there wasn't that much about trauma. We didn't know. We didn't have brain scans. We didn't know. And so I'm traditionally trained in like the stages of trauma work. I, I tried to train in everything that I could get my hands on because I was seeing a lot of people who had PTSD or they had childhood trauma. They You know, they were remembering things and but we just didn't know. And for me, what I found early on was oftentimes that even though I had gotten the best training as I could get at the time and the people talking about their traumas seemed to make them worse. Like the symptoms got worse. They had more flashbacks. Sometimes they ended up in the hospital or they got suicidal. The, The panic, the terror, all that was coming for some people. And so I kept thinking, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I was at a conference and I heard something about an eye movement therapy, like you could move eyes around and people were doing better. And this was like, no, you know, it was just coming out. And I learned that and I brought that back to my office and started doing that with people. And their nightmares got better. Their flashbacks got better. The traumas were beginning to process of what happened to them. It was really strange because it wasn't talking about it at all, but they were getting better. And then there was a certain segment of my caseload that was so multiply traumatized as kids. I mean, like really traumatized. And I was a little afraid this would flood them with too many memories at the same time. I was at a conference for the eye movement therapy and somebody was talking about tapping on meridian points in your body. this is the nineties. I I don't do yoga. I don't know Meridian. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. You know, like, I'm I'm just like a, like I'm not into energy or really. And yet I was, I, it had eye movements in it. So I knew eye movements do something. So I went and trained in that. And then I learned that got me into this field of learning. Wow. You're an energy being and you have Meridians that in Chinese medicine, you know, they do acupuncture. And you can tap on them and different meridians go with different emotions. Like, So if I tapped on the spleen meridian or the stomach meridian, that the anxiety would go down. Or if I tapped on the heart or the liver or the gallbladder, the anger would go down and and reduce. And and so it just pummeled me into this field of energy and psychology. So it's called energy psychology because you're using chakras or meridians or the biofield for psychological problems. And as I said, it was back in the 90s. We didn't have brain scans. We had no idea what we were doing. But people got, kept getting better and better and better and better. Now we know. Now the research is in. The brain scans are in. Now it's it's still new and weird. I'm not saying tapping on your face and moving your eyes isn't weird. But it we have more research now about the body, the vagus nerve, the amygdala. We have brain scans that show reduction and and things that show reduction of cortisol level. We have blood. So we have what clinicians were seeing back in the 90s of this. And so I've been doing it that long. I'm considered one of the pioneers, I mean, one of the old people. And And I can testify, it it works. (laughs) Stuff works. Yeah. So that's how I got into it, Marie. And, you know, it's amazing. It will quiet things down. And it really just helps the nervous system settle down, and it helps to heal the shock that happens in trauma and the dissociation that help, happens in trauma. Yeah. Can you talk about that? What is what is this dissociation? What, so what's room, happening okay. in the brain? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. When you can't leave the room, and your body is being hurt, you'll leave your body. Consciousness leaves the body, and it happens like in shocks. Like somebody will say, people say the expression, she's beside herself. What does that mean? It means you're just not there anymore. You know, like you're beside yourself. You're so upset that you kind of get out of yourself and then you don't feel all here. People will talk about this empty feeling they always have inside of them. Like part of them is missing. That's what happens in trauma. So the child is being hurt. They're being abused, whatever. They can't leave. They're too little. So they leave. It's happening to somebody else. It's not me. And then, then the parents will say, Oh, she's so dream. Or the teachers will say, Oh, she's always daydreaming. She's never here. She's and the child goes forward, but part of them stays behind in the abuse. And then what happens is you start having flashbacks, nightmares later on, you'll get triggered to it. Maybe it's when your first sexual experience or, like for me, it was
0: when I was uh, when I got married. When, when you the, got married, the yeah. right
1: the day of the wedding. Oh, what a showstopper that was! Yeah, yes, yeah. So like that. That there's something about it. There's a and a lot of times it's a smell that brings it back. A sight uh, usually smells are the are one of the most powerful ways because smells don't go up to the brain; they go right into your your. uh you have different parts of the brain go right in. So you can smell so like you can smell a a perfume and it takes you right back to, Oh, that my grandmother wore that, you know what I mean? Like it grows right back. So smells are oftentimes how people first remember or something similar, or somebody says something that's the same thing that was said, or, you know, there's all sorts of things that can trigger it. And then the person just starts to pan and they have the feelings the terror that they were feeling as a child but it does it's like they think it's this person here but it's got nothing to do with that person that person pushed the button for what happened back then and then the memory comes back now the memory doesn't come back as one long narrative how the memory comes back is in flashes that's why they call it flashbacks and and you'll like flash like you'll you'll get a scene and then you'll like no 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 you like push it out so it's it's very hard and it's very disorienting because the person i must be making that up I, that couldn't have happened to me you know like all these defense mechanisms that you had as a little child to keep you from really cracking up so it's it's very surreal it's very difficult when the memories first come back and it really takes a, a working with somebody who's really trained in how to help you with that so that it's your memory and they're not putting ideas in your head or they're not like it. It's a trauma work is a specialty area. That's one thing I'd like to say to all your listeners. You wouldn't go to a pediatrician for a heart surgery. Okay. If you've been traumatized, if you discover that, find a clinician who knows what they're doing. Okay. Because it's hard, the memory comes back. It's weird. Sometimes it's a family member. You don't want to be making accusations till it's safe. You uh, there's just it's so complicated and complex what you remember, and then it's just find somebody who knows what they're doing. Is basically it's like having heart surgery, you know?
0: Yeah, it is. It's very it's very very specific. Yeah, and um, there is that space of safety that needs to be created yes. around that. And I think you addressed that when there is a, a shock, that type of shock in the body, you really have to work with someone who who is able to, to create that safety. Yep.
1: Yeah. So the memory yeah, can like, come back. Exactly. So that you, you've got to, The relationship is really important in trauma work. Why? Because oftentimes when the trauma happens, so here this person is like your uncle who's taking you out for ice cream. And then you get abused like it's like you can't trust anybody like that's your whole world, especially if you're little, you know, so you don't trust. Why would you? Okay. And so when when you're a clinician who who does trauma work, you have to realize they're going to test the living daylights out of you and you better tell the truth. Like you cannot even make up a white lie because trauma clients, <laughs> they know you're lying. They might not know you're trying to lie to just not make them feel bad because you forgot to call them last night. But like they just know they can't trust you. They're so um, it. amazing, like amazing. So there's like things to do to be a trauma therapist. And if you're a therapist listening to this, go get trained in it. It's amazing work because trauma people get better. Trauma people get better. That's my biggest message for you. You can quiet down your nervous system. You can reprocess your memories now. You can get better, which is why I love working with trauma because people get better. And then they they get their lives back because they get their parts back, mm-hmm. the parts that split off in the trauma.
0: And you get all these parts
1: back once or at once? <laughs> no, that's a little too flooding. That might flood you a little bit. Different parts hold different parts sometimes of the story. Depends on how old you are. You see, when, the, when a child is really little, like under the age of seven, they're mostly um, in a sadist state, state. It's a very hypnotizable state. It's a very, you know, little kids, they have an imaginary friend and they believe in Santa Claus and all, all things and fairies and whatever. And you can say all sorts of things to them and they believe you. Right. It's easy to program a little kid. OK, you have a 14 year old with an imaginary friend. He's going down the psych ward. Okay, like the brain doesn't do that at 14. But under the age of seven, it does. So when trauma is happening, and the person's being the child is being hurt, they can, for one, like, leave the body so they're not feeling it or go numb in the body. They can it's happening to some other little girl. They can make things up, they can. So it's very tricky work. And, and then what they do is they kind of push it away it's not happening to me it's happening to another little girl and then they can get up the next morning and have breakfast with you know whoever was abusing them and act like nothing's wrong that's the only way they can do it and keep keep it's a living live exactly when you can't what are they going to do drive they can't drive they can't get out of there And mom, who's saying mom's not the abuser, she's there. And, you know, us mothers, if you've got kids, you know, we act like we know everything. And a little birdie told me or whatever. Why is it mom seeing what's happening? This must be okay. And then anything the abuser tells you in that state goes into you like a program. So if he's saying things to you like, you know this is love or I'm, did or some, I don't want to even say things. I don't want to trigger all your people listening, but like, whatever they say is like a, a it's like you're in theta. So you're being hypnotized. So that they, they make it like it's your fault or whatever. And so it's really very, it's tricky work. That being said, you get somebody who knows what they're doing and knows how to process trauma. Cause it's not about talking about it. When you start talking about it. You'll make people worse. It's about, you talk about parts of it, but then you move the eyes, you do, uh, there's somatic things you can do with the body, like move the energy through the body, or there's all sorts of techniques now that we can use. If you know, if the therapist knows what they're doing to process trauma, so people can heal. Mm-hmm. One of your specialty,
0: Mary size is to train other therapists as well.
1: Yeah, I did that more. I'm not doing that so much anymore. I'm doing some different stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've trained therapists. Sometimes I do depends on what I'm doing. Like I have to do a conference on it in May mm-hmm. for energy psychology. But yeah, I've done that.
0: I can testify that I use the technique you, <laughs> you, you you the tapping technique, and I still I am still discovering you know aspects of my life that are yep. still impacted yep. by in relationships by by this. Oh what happened you can't to me trust. when I was three years old. Sorry.
1: Exactly. You can't trust. Yeah. It's too hard to trust because you, people let you down and, and you didn't feel safe and then nobody stopped it. And sometimes as a child you tell, and you're being told not to tell, you know, Oh, you're making that up. And the kids like, and then it's such a, a it happens in such a weird state anyway. Like, oh, no, I must have dreamt that. or It's just really messed up. It's yeah, very it difficult for a child when that's happening. Mm-hmm.
0: So what are you doing right now? Let's talk about what you're doing right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what I'm doing right now, now I'm teaching. Um, uh, actually, I'm doing a course right now for the Shift Network. It's really about teaching about tapping, how to use tapping, and then more more about how do I – free myself from what I've been programmed so I can be loyal to my soul. That's the work I'm doing. That's like lighting me up right now and really helping people. And we talk about parts in this course because all of us have parts, whether you've been traumatized or not unless you maybe grew up in some really enlightened house somewhere in the Himalayas, maybe, I, I don't know where it is. It's not in, it wasn't where I was growing up. That's all I know. <laughs> My parents did a good job, but it wasn't in light. Okay. You know, we told you, you know, who do you think you are? And blah, 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 blah. So you never make it. Whatsoever. You'll never make it. And you know, you're too much or, you know, everything parents have told us. So yeah. the, the good news is with the energy psychology, with tapping, you can reprogram any belief you have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so you the whole game is to understand and to surface the beliefs and somebody will trigger you and show you one and then use the energy psychology the tapping on the meridians and we have some other things that we use too but so that you can program any belief that you got so that you're free of that and you can you know and then it's like a computer what do i wish somebody put in my head if i had a little girl what would i put in her head and then you program that in with the acupuncture. Tapping, acupressure, acupuncture, no needles, no
0: needles, just just the fingers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and it works. It does. It Mm -hmm. does. Yeah, and and I really want to advise people. I mean, my core work about the trauma is done. So, but there are things that are permeating in my life that I can see. It's from that or this. You know, there are flavors of non-trusting, for instance. And with uh, one session about one subject, it's like, poof. It's gone. It's gone. It's really extraordinary. And this is what I want to convey. It's easy. There are tools now. I mean, for my mother, let's say nothing exists at the time for her. But now for me, there are many tools. And this is one of them. And it's it's quick, easy to use. You can use it any day,
1: (laughs) any time. I'll let you talk about it more. Yeah, it it that's what I love about it. You don't need a therapist. It'll, you can quiet your your nervous system down. You can understand about your brain and your nervous system and everything, so you don't feel like you're crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. It's it's what happened to you, and so then you then you have the power to start reprogramming you, reprogramming you. Now, if you're working on a trauma where the body was hurt, you know there's a saying. You know, I can I, I can lift my end table, but I can't lift my dining room table. So, if the body was hurt, you really should be working with a clinician who knows these newer therapies. Whether it's the eye movement therapy (EMDR) or the EFT, TFT, the tapping one, uh, you really want a therapist who, or a somatic. There's some somatic ones that are really good who really knows how to do that because it's too hard to do that one on yourself by yourself. But these beliefs, or and then, or even just understanding the tapping and knowing the tapping to use in between your sessions. And then you just start feeling like you're not hostage to your nervous system that's freaking out all the time or hypervigilant all the time or like has to like make people jump through hoops to prove be- they're not going to hurt you. Exactly. Like, you know, you don't <laughs> trust. How can you walk so behind me? I would jump to the roof. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You'd be triggered. Yeah. 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 But that's how the brain is. It's not your fault, it's because the brain links these things. So, for example, even if I were if I were mauled by a dog, really, when I was a child, or even as a twelve year old or a fifteen year old, okay, from that point on, every time I see a dog, my amygdala is going to fire, send an alarm to the rest of my brain, and I'm going to panic, and I can't use this part of my brain that says, "Oh, that little puppy's not going to hurt me," you know. You panic; it, it's like a smoke alarm; it shoots off the noise first, and then you can figure out where the fire is. OK, so when you've had trauma to the body, especially or like or if you're in a car accident, you, you can't drive again without anxiety, you know, and depending on how bad it was or you, you know, we, we saw the guys coming back from war. They would Fourth of July in the US, you know, and they would be having flashback. And that's how people realized, wow, now that was a public trauma. The problem with child sexual abuse—it's a private trauma. So nobody—they—they they think the child has got all these symptoms, but they think he's making that didn't happen. That could never happen. You know, we teach children to watch out for strangers, and some of the worst people are in our own families. Yeah. You know, it's—it's complicate—it's complicated, as best I'm saying. It, it, it is. Biggest message for everyone is it's treatable now.
0: Yes, it is treatable, and. First, find the right therapist to and do in-person sessions to, to start with.
1: I, if your body's been hurt. Yes, that's what I would say. Or, or if it's especially if it's little, it's this is the best way. I mean, I know we're doing a lot of things on Zoom now, but it's really the best, the best way.
0: Yeah. Anything else you would like to add? I just I just want to say it is really extraordinary because when I started to recover, my, my memory started. Yeah like in 10 years ago mm-hmm. and actually i i didn't know i thought i was depressed yeah i, I was like i'm depressed i mean it's strange i've just got married i should be happy i'm not so i didn't know <laughs> i was like okay so i should go and see a psychiatrist and take pills that was my approach so i right. did that <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because I was like, I don't want to stay in that state, you know, I want, yeah, I was like, of course. Kind of a... of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing really wrong with medicine. That's another important thing to know. So if, you, especially because a lot of times when the, when the the trauma come memory comes back, there's a lot of anxiety and panic with it. Mm-hmm. Right? OCD kind of things or whatever, you know, or addiction, people with addictions are just trying to numb it out, trying to numb it out. And so medicines, or if you've got a really bad depression, medicines can oftentimes get you to a level where then we can do the trauma work.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes if
1: you're so depressed, you can't even do the trauma work. Mm -hmm. Because you're too depressed. Like we got to get you functioning first. So there's stages of trauma treatment. Like first we stabilize you and get you safe. And then we get your life going. And then we go back and get the junk from your childhood and clean it up. Because if your life's not working now and you're depressed and we go back there, we'll take you down.
0: important to say that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with going to the psychiatrist, getting some meds or whatever you need to do, but don't stop there. Okay. Yeah. I could not. My experience (laughs) is when we get the trauma cleaned up for people, a lot of times they can come off their meds and it's done. Yeah. Hmm. But some people, I still have some who they, they still need the meds. You know, it's a, it's a different, they need it. So who cares? But at least they're functioning and they're having a good life and they're able to have a job or a family or or get their life going again. So that the trauma doesn't to- destroy their life.
0: I can really testify for that because I could not, I wasn't able to wake up and go to work. So I'm like, right. no way, I need to work. Right. I was afraid to take an airplane to travel. My work required that I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. I mean, so I just went. I didn't know what I had. And I did, I was, I remember saying to the psychiatrist, I guess it's
1: something with my mother. I just need to wake up in the morning. Please help me. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what you, at that point, that's what they need to do is stabilize you first. And then you do the tapping and don't do the tapping or the, any other thing with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. You know some people know the tapping, but they've taken a weekend course. and that's not enough. you know you need somebody who knows what they're doing. They're done trauma training. they you know they're been around for a while. It's like you know you want to go in these deep, dark waters or in the ocean. you better get a lifeguard who's got some muscle on them, you know, like especially if you even if you had a if you had a drowning experience, you're really gonna go in the water again with somebody who, you know just started first day on the job no, no way and and for some traumas are. This is bad as drowning, baby. They're like really scary to go back there when that horrible thing was, those horrible things were happening to you. So be gentle with you, be loving to yourself. Like, uh, you know, get, read up on it. There's really good stuff out now. And there's, you know, so much more than in the nineties. That's all I got to say. We it was, you know, I I just kept praying. Please don't let me make anybody worse. You know, I, yeah, even even you know? uh,
0: for ten ten years ago, I mean, ten years ago now, there's so many things. I mean, uh, I had to look things on my own, and hopefully, you know, life is is good and brings you when you look for something, you find it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess that was my following a kind of intuition at that time to find people who were able to help me, but now it's, it's readily, almost readily available. And um, so that's why I wanted to talk about what you're doing. So just one question for you, Mary Sice, do you still have people
1: at the stage of just having the memories back or you don't do that anymore? I'm not really doing that anymore because more what I'm teaching is the tapping for beliefs and things like that. Okay. And another um I wrote my coworker and I, author and I wrote the book Energy of Belief, and we're we'll be republishing that again this year. And I'm working with the Shift Network, creating programs there. So I'm more doing that and rather because here here's another reason why. Yeah. At my age. <laughs> <is> <laughs> I, like everybody else is retired at my age okay so isn't when i work with somebody with trauma it's you know sometimes some some people have been so horribly traumatized it sometimes can take me five years ten years so you don't want to start with a trauma therapist who's you know might be retiring i, I can't imagine but might be retiring in a couple of years it's not fair oh, it's not fair that's so, that's you know so great and so, uh, so so a lot of times yeah. i'll i'll do evaluations for people, but then I'll re- send, give them a referral to somebody who's, you know, and, and they can usually get a release and talk to me or whatever. But so I, I still have some of my old, my old clients. I don't mean old, old, but you mm-hmm. know, people have been with me, with me for a while, but mostly now I'm transitioning more into, I train clinicians sometimes. And then I um, work with a lot of therapists too. I do that kind of work. We really want to up their skills professionals but people who don't I can tell you in the 90s I was working with people with with uh, we used to call it multiple personalities back then that the level of just dis- fragmentation and dissociation that's why I know a lot of how to integrate parts uh, but I, I it wouldn't be fair to do that now so I don't I don't do that anymore yeah so
0: can you can you talk about this aspect of reintegrating parts so what are the parts that people forget about or dissociate from it depends uh, on you when you yeah yeah.
1: so what can it be what does it look like so what it looks like is so all of us grew up in a family and so in some families you're not allowed to be angry so the angry you if you were angry you got maybe beat okay only dad could be angry so you had to like send your angry self to siberia right like i can't do that i have to be the good girl i have to be mommy's little helper Then there's usually somebody in the family who is the angry one, and that guy's getting beat and everything, but they're just ragey. They've got all the rage of the family, but they won't do vulnerability. They won't do sadness. You know, there's the bossy mother's helper who won't be vulnerable because you can't be helpful if you're helpless. Some of it depends on your role in the family. So we all split off the fullness of us just to grow up in our families, unless you, again, you found some really nice family in the Himalayas or something where everybody can coexist and you know they're chanting or something. I don't know, it wasn't in the US. I don't know where you, you grew in Canada, right? So I don't I, think- it, was uh,
0: it wasn't the same for me either. I grew up in a beautiful island, but it wasn't
1: safe well, at all. <laughs> it was safe. I mean, somebody's angry, somebody's this, this mom's depressed. So if mom's depressed, you can't be too happy. It puts a lid on happiness in that, you know, like you're too much or you're this. We got to put that split off that part of you. So we all have split off. OK, but these energies still exist. And so, you know, you go into a job and you they want you to shine. You go to the next level and you're feeling this anxiety, this terror. That's the part. Does that makes sense. Experience that. Yeah. Now, when you have horrific trauma under the age of seven and it's repeated and it's horrible, you totally split off so much. So you don't you you don't even when that part is what we would say out front and maybe raging, you don't even know what you're doing. That's that's somebody who's totally dissociated. So there's different it's like creativity. There's different levels of it. You know, so dissociation is the same. We've all done some of it. I would say. And then some people had to do more and more and more. They couldn't know what was happening. And so there was something like they would go somewhere and it, 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 then this part would switch out and take the abuse and this part would switch out and go to go home. And so that's why memory is like really different parts have different parts of the memory. It's very tricky and more complicated to integrate that whole thing, but it's It's definitely possible. Yeah.
0: And that's why it takes, it takes some times. And when you start to work with a therapist, it's like you said, it's a very trustful relationship and it's, it's a relationship that
1: is cherished because you're going to be on the long-term with that person. It's a lot of trauma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if when you're little in the brain can fragment like that, you know, it's easy. I mean, it's easy to fragment when you're a little kid, Mm -hmm. you know, Hmm. It's a defense mechanism. It's to keep the to keep the kid, the child like sane.
0: What's interesting is that only it's it's any kind of experience of life can create that. Mm-hmm. And today what you're doing, it's like having that information available for people just to transform their belief system because belief systems can have you separated from a part of you.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And welcome these parts back. Like it's safe for me to be angry now. Mm-hmm. It's safe for me to cry. Mm-hmm. It's safe. Like that's over. And then you integrate these parts back. And then you're not always having to be the tough one. You're able to be a little vulnerable in relationships. So you can make relationships work. You don't always have to be the boss of everything. Or you always don't have to be the baby or whatever thing you had to be in your family. Wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. In fact, I was working with, it was interesting today, we were with that program today, and uh, I was in one of the breakout rooms, and the, the guy was sharing that at age seven, or when he was seven, his mother had cancer. And the father would yell at this little guy, the little kid, and say to him, you know, you're making your mother sick, you're making your mother worse, and then his mother dies. So here he's thinking he's too much, and he can kill people. With his, so his love is too much. And oh, it was so sad. But anyway, we did tapping on that and had him tap into his little boy and bring tell him your love's not too much. I love you. I see you. It's safe to be seen. It's whatever he wasn't told then. And then bring that part back to him. And then we were doing the tapping and then takes take some action like that's loving, you know, to yourself. And you can bring these parts back, you know, now that's a trauma, but it's not the same level of trauma as when the body's getting hurt and you really have to split and leave the body, you know, but his was, it was, it was, you know, and there is, he must've been in his fifties. He's telling a story and he's finally crying and saying to it's safe to cry. And we're doing our tapping and it was beautiful. But, it, it, and we were talking about how he's been in therapy for 20 years and he's afraid to leave his therapist and I, and because he's afraid to love. See, it's easy with the therapist. You're paying the person money. So it's not like you're too much. They're getting paid to listen to you. But he's afraid to do relationships because he doesn't know how to not be too much and kill people, you know, like, like, like his love. There's something wrong with him and there's nothing yeah. wrong with him at all. Yeah. So here he knows he's been in therapy for twenty years, and you know it's, it's people make sense when you hear the story. You know? Yeah, that's true. But yeah. but do yourself a favor. You always hear me saying this. I'm sure. Don't try to figure anybody else out. It's hard enough trying to figure yourself out. Okay. And, but I just know from thousands of clients and getting fine when I would get the story, everybody made sense. Mm-hmm. why they couldn't love right now, why they couldn't, Who? why they feel they don't exist, why they shouldn't exist. And that's why they're acting that way now. But you won't know that unless you are the therapist, because a lot of times the client doesn't even put it together. That's the therapist's job to kind of help them link this with that, with that. and Oh, <laughs> and then it can release. Yeah. And he, yeah. he'll be free to, there's nothing wrong with his love.
0: Make sense? That's, That's how we
1: split off. Mm-hmm. It's strange
0: that you talked about that because um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of my story.
1: Interesting.
0: I, I mixed up that event with love and uh, I was always, yes. okay, love is dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. It, it is dangerous. If I love yeah. someone, I'm going to be, mm-hmm, something's yeah. going to happen.
1: And exactly. It's, uh, and th- so you yeah. don't
0: open at all. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. You're then life
1: makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then you go back and find that little part of you that had that conclusion, kept you safe mm-hmm. when you were younger. But it's not true. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's not love, that was abuse. Mm-hmm. You distinguish, oh honey, that wasn't love. That was, he called he or she called it love. They used the wrong word. That's not love. Love doesn't hurt another. That was abuse. So you give it the right words. And it's safe for me to love. There's nothing wrong with your love. You know. And a lot of times in abuse, a lot the the, per, the perpetrator will say what was said to them when they were being abused. Usually the perpetrator has also been abused. And they say the same things. It's amazing. So it's it all distorted. That's how it gets all distorted in a family or in lineage, if it's in your lineage. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do yeah. yeah. you have experience with that? This is a topic that uh, it's rarely addressed uh, with uh people who became become perpetrators you have a history of that or not at all do i have experience
1: with people who are perpetrators yes Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. okay and they were abused Mm -hmm. it it just makes sense you know they might not remember it just like some you know oh okay but they uh, and then what happens is somebody calls them on it or accuses them they go into shock then they get. then they begin to sometimes remember once they're accused and they'll start to remember But they they have all the shame energy in them and they have all this and there's violence in them. Oftentimes, if the abuse is violent to another person, it's because the abuse was violent to them. It's a reenactment mm-hmm. and they split off and dissociated and then they acted it out. It's women don't as often acted out as men do. Men men act. Men usually abuse women. Don't as, and it may just be the way a woman's body is, or the hormones. The I, I don't know why women don't as often. It's not that they can't, but they don't as often as as men do. But it gets all linked in the brain. Violence with being sexual, or this with that, or like you know, yep. And they reenact it. It's it's hard because there's so much shame with it when it gets exposed and I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to work with that.
0: One of my, uh, one of the questions that I have listed, uh, thinking about the different episodes of this series was, do they have a way out the perpetrators, you know, the abusers, a way out, a way way to stop doing this. And yes, they have. They have to heal the original abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep yeah mm-hmm. they would have to heal the original abuse, but they need to be called
0: out to be present of what they're to what they're doing. They don't because- always have
1: to sometimes they remember oh okay. sometimes they remember mm. yeah they they don't always have to be called out, but usually when they get a when they get accused, it triggers something in them, and then they begin to remember or do the work, you know. Well, sometimes they have to. Most times, they end up in jail, but or something like that. But you know, they they really don't want to go there because you know, you if you're being accused, then you might have a lawsuit. You might have this or that. Well, you know, but it's it's there. It's, it's hard. really hard. It's really difficult.
0: Yeah, I heard that. And 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 the person who did that to me committed suicide when he got a little daughter, two years old. He just. And I, and my belief, because I was not able to check that out with the family anyway, it doesn't matter, but um, I believe it's because he it didn't want to do the same thing that he did.
1: Very much so, because they have these urges and these images and this, this, and this, that, and they don't understand why they do. You know, because they haven't, usually they haven't figured out the link. You see, they've so dissociated that. And they feel terrible. They feel like, you know, there's a lot of per- times when people get accused, they kill themselves. I mean, that's, it's, you know, you'd have to have really, uh, you know, good therapy. And a lot of times there's, they're not seeing therapy, they're seeing jail for them. And the shame it brings upon them and the family. A lot of men have been abused and they don't talk about it. It's not like women. Women will remember, they'll get into therapy. Men, they're just, there's so much shame with it. There's violence with it. There's, it's just, it's, it's hard. And then it's also linked with enjoyment with it. Oh. You see? Mm-hmm. So it's like so confusing to a boy, a mm-hmm. young boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's just, it's tragic. It is. You
0: know? it is. and
1: and. It can be transformed. Like I don't yeah, know but anything how. can be anything can be transformed. Why? Because everyone is a soul in a physical body. It, it's it, there's nobody who's not. Yeah. So this is just stuff on you. It's not your essence. Your essence is love and light. But the person who's helping you has to be able to see your essence and not waver from that so that they can work with somebody who's a perpetrator and not hate them and think they're disgusting and yeah you know what i mean like it's a, it's a tricky it's tricky yeah because you know there is a
0: distinction between you know the legal aspect of it which mm-hmm. okay someone has to pay for an act that is done exactly. within society exactly. you have to pay for it but then there is that other aspect right Of the
1: human being being a soul in a body and needs to heal from that. Exactly, exactly. And be, you know, society needs to be protected. Mm -hmm. That's true also. They need healing. Mm -hmm. And that's missing mostly.
0: But but it's coming more and more. I think it's coming. Uh, I'm discovering this also in my research. It's coming more and more. People are talking about it more and more. And uh, yeah. There's a lack of compassion. That's what I see.
1: Yeah. And anytime we're fighting against something, we just add to more of the hiding of it. And the more hiding of it, then the more the it, it doesn't keep anybody safer. Yeah. Yeah, because we continue when we do that, when exactly. we don't offer and that. Then, uh, and we have another generation who've been hurt. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We really want to eradicate something we need to bring it into the light and heal it. At all levels, victims abusers because they are all victims anyway it's true yeah yeah
0: yeah i really wanted this conversation to be an enlightened conversation that brings not only hope but certainty that mm-hmm. there is a light at the end of this tunnel whatever you call it mm-hmm. there is light there yes. are people available they are trained therapists very mm-hmm. specialized ones that are yeah out there so where can we find them for instance in your area i know you you are in the new york uh
1: yeah, State. so so the uh the biggest play you know you can again check with the insurance depends on what kind of insurance you have and mm-hmm. i would recommend you find somebody who takes your insurance because you need if you've been really traumatized you need to be seen like every week and so mm-hmm. you don't want to be paying out of pocket for somebody. So somebody who's like doing out of pie, it, it gets too expensive, and then you'll you can't afford to go on mm-hmm. as much as you need. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to, unless you're independently wealthy and can happen so too, <laughs> then then you could go wherever you want. But get use your insurance. When you call your insurance, you want to ask the person. I want somebody who's a specialist in trauma. They know EMDR. They know EFT tapping. Whatever. They know somatic treatments. I really interview the person and I would interview two or three, four people because the relationship is important when you're doing trauma work. You really want to be with the, you know what? I feel right with this person. This person's my person. And just keep looking. And, um, uh, there's the EMDR I a international association.org has a website with practitioners. You can search there. There's, uh, uh, so, ASEP is called Energy Psych PSYCH.org, has a practitioner list there. If you're a clinician, ASEP dot their website is really good for training conferences. I'll be at a conference there in May teaching. They have a uh, uh, once a year conference in May. You can go there and they have certification there. i um, go to get certified. And you don't have to be certified to do tapping and there you can get it. You can learn on the internet, but if you really are going to work with trauma, people get certified, get training in trauma and get, you know, all that. Another great book is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. That's a great book that's all about trauma. It's for the general public and it's just phenomenal to help you to understand. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. It's what happened to you. And so help is available, but you got to go to somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yeah. So. Oh,
0: I'm going to put all these references in, in the, uh, the episode uh, edition. Everything's going to be there. So don't worry, uh, you'll find the information. I'm talking to the audience and uh, i just want to thank you thank you so so much mary Mm size i know that our conversation i've brought the light on that subject and Mm -hmm. would help someone Mm. in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) or support someone to make the right decision for themselves and find the path for healing and creating a Mm -hmm. a juicy life yes
1: yes Yes. Yes. you deserve it Mm. yes yes (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.
0: Thank you. Hi, thank you for listening for this episode of Life Juicy. If you liked what you heard today, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, you can message me directly on Mary B at livejuicy.love. M-A-R-I-E-B at L-I-F-E-J-U-I-C-Y dot L-O-V-E. Thank you for listening.